the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The writer of Hebrews tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's a very deep thought. One will consider from the book of Romans. Today, here on Abounding Grace, as Pastor Gary Wagner takes us to chapter 4 of Romans, looking at faith. Today's program is simply entitled, Faith Looks to God's Power and Faithfulness. And we are exploring faith here today on Abounding Grace. Welcome to the program. We're continuing our study of Romans here today. Pastor Gary Wagner returns us to chapter 4, verses 19 through 25. We've got a final look at this amazing chapter before we move into what I consider to be one of the greatest verses in all of Scripture. That's tomorrow. We'll talk about that then. But for now, here's Pastor Gary with today's program. Once again, looking at faith. Now notice in verse 22, the conclusion Paul draws from this. And therefore, it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now about 10 times in chapters 3 and 4, Paul comes back to this point. Because this really is his main point. Abraham's faith laid hold of God's promise of righteousness because in Isaac it was a promise that God would fulfill the greater promise to bring through Isaac the seed, the Lord Jesus Christ. Abraham understood that Isaac in the land of promise was not about cattle, earthly blessings, as if our faith simply consisted of having everything we could want in this life. All of these promises have as their center their beating heart, God's promise to justify us, His promise to declare us righteous through the righteousness of another. Of course, the Lord Jesus Christ. And notice, this righteousness was imputed to Abraham. In other words, it was given to him. It was credited to him through faith. Faith that said, I may not see how this can come about, but God has spoken. I've heard people say, how could God ever forgive this? How could God ever forgive and cleanse this? How could God ever make me righteous? My sins are just too great. What I have done is just too terrible. Well, you have to understand, God doesn't measure what he can or will do by how bad or evil you have been. When God makes a promise to save us through the Lord Jesus Christ, he would have us look away from our weakness and even our sinfulness and flee to the cross because God says that is what we must do to be saved. I know you are dead like Abraham. 
I know that the womb of regeneration like Sarah's womb is dead in your life, but you cannot cause yourself to be born again. It is impossible. So look to the cross. Look at what I can do, says God. And Abraham did that. And it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now remember, we have talked about this repeatedly. But I'm not going to allow the opportunity to go without mentioning it again. Imputation. Because this is so tied up to, Abraham, to Paul's argument. Listen. Abraham, dead man. Verse 19. Sarah's dead womb. Faith says, I'm going to turn my eyes away from that. And I'm going to look at what God has promised. And I'm going to believe his word. It's this. Excuse me, it's the same in respect to imputation. My sins, your sins are our death warrant. The soul that sins, the word says, it shall die. But God put all of those sins on the back of his son. And he punished him with the hell that our sins deserve. And his obedience... The obedience of Jesus that he always went about doing those things to please his father. That obedience is then imputed to me and to you. It's credited to me. And notice what obtains this for me. Faith is the means. I have to believe God's promise. And I have to look away from myself to him. Yes, all my deficiencies are there. All of my crimes are there. But God knows all of that because he laid them all on his son. Abraham had to look away from himself, away from his past. And remember, he came from a family of idolaters, we see in Joshua 24. He had to look away from everything and say, God has promised And God gave me righteousness. It wasn't his own. It was from outside of him. God gave it to him. It was a free gift, beloved. And this promise is not only for Abraham. What a blessed thing. Look at verse 23. It was written. It wasn't written just for his sake. And by the way, as it says, it was written God will not have his gospel be entrusted to simple oral tradition. This little line is very important. And it sweeps away so much of modern silliness and theology. It could close down about 90% of our seminaries. Just this one little line. Because there is this belief. That has been going around now for last probably century and a half. That God's word is just too high. For the writing of men. And if we try to write down God's word. Something is going to be lost in the translation. The transmission. And you just can't trust it. Therefore. It is just a short step from there. To the conclusion that the Bible. Oh it's old. And oh yes it's been useful. But it's not the word of God. Because they say human language is insufficient. To be a medium to convey transcendent truth. And God says, shut up. He basically tells Princeton to close their doors. He tells Columbia and Yale to close their doors. You are guilty of idolatry. Because God wrote this. All of it. 
And he therefore pledges to take care of the transmission process, the translation process, so that this, his church, will always have the treasure of his word, especially on something so critical as imputation. Because if you don't understand imputation, you do not have a reliable record of how we are made whole with God. So we may as well go home because it's then just throwing darts off into the dark. This is the very bedrock of faith. So this wasn't just written for Abraham. It was written for us to whom this righteousness will be imputed. Now, are you ready for the conclusion? The same righteousness that Abraham looked to, he saw his seed coming, that his seed would bring righteousness. The same righteousness as ours. If, verse 24, we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. By the way, before I get into this, look back up at verse 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickens the dead. We stand in the exact same place as Abraham did. Now, you may not believe this because you have more technology in your pocket than NASA did when they went to the moon for the first time. I know it's very difficult to believe that we are actually weak, that we are blind and helpless. I know it's very, very challenging in these days, and that is why we have to be careful that while we use our tools and our technology, that we don't allow them to school us and teach us bad lessons, because they most certainly will and have done if we are not careful with them. But where was Abraham? He was a dead man in the desert. What did he have to believe in? God who quickens the dead makes men alive. And who do we have to believe in? You see, we're in the same place as Abraham. But actually, we are in a better place. Because we believe on him who has raised the seed of Abraham from the dead. Let that sink in for just a minute. And the only way I think it will is if we remember who Jesus is. When we look at the cross, it is not sentimentality. When we see the Son of Man, the one promised in Daniel, bruised, crushed, afflicted, desolate, cut off from the land. When we see him suspended, naked between heaven and earth, cursed, crucified, condemned, not just by human courts, which actually had declared him innocent, But God's court in heaven declared him guilty for our sake. What are we looking at? Oh, my friends, we're looking at ourselves. We're looking at what sin had done to us and what it has done to you. It doesn't matter who you are. If you are a beautiful young girl, if you are a strong, virile young man, it includes you. It includes us all. Christ crucified. 
stood in our place and bore our curse, all of the ugliness, all of the stripes, all of the afflictions, all of the sorrows, all the crime, all the tears, all the mockery, all the shame. Those are ours, and there is only one way to get out of this. We have to believe on Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He raised His Son up in our place. Why? Verse 25 tells us, because he was first of all delivered up for our offenses. The word offenses here means lapse or deviation. That's you and me. In every way, in every part of our lives, we have deviated. Or if I may say it more honestly, we are devious. It's like Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, God has made man upright, but we have sought out many devious ways, many clever ways to get what we want, to escape from God. And Jesus has delivered, was delivered up on account of our offenses to bear our curse and our penalty. And parallel, he was raised up for our justification. This idea is very important, so please listen very carefully. He was raised up for our justification. So what is the connection between resurrection and justification? All of history is tied up in this one line. I don't know if any line in Scripture that has more hanging on it than this hinge does right here, because everything Abraham hoped for, life from dead, righteousness, and all of the old covenant saints, everything they hoped for hinged on this seed of righteousness bearing our curse and then rising again as God's testimony to it is finished. He says, I have brought in everlasting righteousness for my people. Everything my son did was sufficient there's no more condemnation to those who look to the Lord Jesus Christ, the seed of Abraham, the one to whom Abraham himself looked. No more condemnation. Righteousness has been accomplished as Daniel promised. It has been brought in. So Jesus was raised in order to secure our righteousness, to be a, a testimony that righteousness is in fact secured by his life, by his death, and by his resurrection. And we must believe on the God who did this. It is an historical fact that God raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. If that is not true, then beloved, just go home and fornicate. Live like you want to live. It doesn't matter. But when I ask forgiveness in the evening, it is Christ's resurrection that secures it for me. When I need hope and help to believe God's promises, when my sins are pressing on me, when doubts are creeping in, when the world is just literally scaring me, it is Christ's resurrection that gives me encouragement and strength because God not only delivered the Son for our offenses, for our offenses but He raised Him and righteousness is secured. Sin, death, the grave, hell has no more claim upon those who look to Jesus Christ. So your faith has got to be in the same place that Abraham's was, with a lot more clarity, though, which is in 
the God who quickens the dead. Now, you can only be righteous if Jesus rose from the dead. So let me give you a few more last thoughts on this because this is so precious. Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God, clothed in our nature, He is a living person. And the only way that you can be made righteous is through faith in Him as the living Lord. Faith in an idea never saved anyone. Faith in George Washington never saved anyone. And do you understand? That is why conservatism is dead in this country. It is impotent, lifeless. Faith in men, faith in ideas, faith in yourself, faith in Donald Trump never saved anyone. In fact, it is taking us right down the tubes. It is faith in the living, reigning Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and union with Him that saves. We are in communion with the One who was delivered for my offenses and was raised for my justification. My friends, that's how righteous we are. That's how secure all of God's promises are to us because He lives and He reigns at the right hand of God as our mediator as our high priest over the house of God. Paul calls him in Hebrews, the anchor of our souls within the veil, the forerunner within the veil, the captain of our salvation. John says in 1 John 2.1, we have an advocate with the Father. This isn't an idea, beloved. This is a person. And God raised him from the dead. He raised the seed of Abraham from the dead, and that is our righteousness. So if we believe in that God, look away from our own deadness, look away from our own frailty, look away from the world and all of its voices, and turn to the God who raises the dead, and then Abraham's righteousness becomes our righteousness, the righteousness of Jesus Christ received by faith. And that changes everything for those who believe it. Because understand, most of you, maybe all of you, profess to be Christians. And most of you would be able to give a very credible profession of faith. Some of you have been Christians for a long time. But you can't tell me that there is not a time, if not many times in your life, where you, like Abraham, were brought to feel your own deadness. That the world comes in, the flesh comes in, Satan comes in, and you are tempted to doubt. And you try to go back to this arm of flesh. Let me go back and try to get God feeling, get God feeling again. Let me try and do the things I think I can do to restore myself. Or maybe you're thinking about God's glory in the world and you're asking yourself, how in the world in this day and age where we are now, can God's truth make a recovery? How can it make a recovery? I mean, just by a sermon? Well, the answer is not rock and roll for Jesus, I can tell you that. We don't want to go there at all. Or if it's not six flags over Jesus, it's not fun. How can God's truth make a recovery in that kind of environment? 
we have to go back to, the, to this passage because this is our life. It shows us how faith can avoid wavering. How we can be strengthened in our faith even to give glory to God by believing His truth when not very many do. How do we do that? We go back to God's promises and we believe them and we pray them and we trust that since he was raised, the Lord Jesus Christ, from the dead, every other promise will be fulfilled. The desert of this world is going to blossom as a garden. God guarantees that. The nation in Isaiah 49, 23 and Isaiah 60, 12, that nation and that kingdom that does not submit to Christ will be ground to powder. The kingdoms of this world are going are going to confess and bow to Jesus our Lord. God has promised it. So Christian, like me, weak, needy, struggling, distracted, look away from your deadness and look to the God who quickens the dead. Believe his word. Build your life upon it, daddies. The future of your family depends upon you, like Abraham, building your life upon faith in the God who quickens the dead. Your faith can only be as strong as long as your faith is built on God's word. Mother's the same for you. If the fathers are not doing it, humbly do what you can behind the scenes. And don't let anything detract your attention, your time away from building your life on God's word. This nation, the church in this nation, is a casualty. We are in very imminent peril. I don't mean today or tomorrow, but soon, of becoming like the churches in Asia Minor. And remember what Jesus said to them, those great churches like Ephesus and Smyrna, great churches, they don't exist any longer. But Jesus warned them, I'm going to come and I'm going to take the candlestick away. Why? Because of compromise with the world. Tolerance of sin in their midst. Unbelief of God's word. That is the sad story of the church in this land. It isn't that we have, that we have really ever been persecuted here. I'm sure none of you can think of anything that's happened in this country like's happened in the early part of English history. People having their heads chopped off, burned at stakes. That hasn't happened here. Well, you could say there was a pastor here in San Jose, another in Baton Rouge in Philadelphia who were abused over COVID restrictions. But I'm not talking about isolated cases, though. I'm talking about the church here in America. It has had unparalleled freedom to proclaim the gospel. But how can we proclaim what we're not sure will actually work? How can we proclaim in love what is a low priority in our life? No wonder Peter said 2,000 years ago, judgment has to begin at God's house. And if we want our nation to be recovered... That, beloved, has to be secondary to wanting the church to be recovered. 
But there is only one way for the church in this land to be recovered. And that is for the God who quickens the dead to make it alive in Christ. And you can contribute that faithful believer by believing God's word. Don't stagger at his promises. Don't be divided over the truth. Be persuaded that God has said he is able to perform. And in those moments of weakness, when we doubt, look to the empty tomb. And be at Mount Zion every Lord's Day because the aroma of that empty tomb must come to us through the word every day of our lives. Or we will grow weaker and we will grow fatter and will we be of no earthly good to God's kingdom. Amen. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.